Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, Jeff Woodward here. It's great to have you join with us here for this wonderful session we've called Grow, because again, we believe that it's so important that every single believer not just grow when they first come to Christ, but that they continue to grow for the rest of their life. God's got so much more for every single one of us that we don't want to miss any of it at all. So thank you. I'll introduce my special guest in just a minute. I know that this session will be so powerful and so helpful for every one of you. I do want to celebrate every one of you, though, that continues to be faithful in your giving. This is not a fundraising request. It's simply me acknowledging the faithfulness of the people of God here at Metro. It's an amazing, amazing group of people that have allowed the vision of Jesus to get so, uh, I guess, capturing in their heart that they want to. It's not a matter of have to. We've never had a had to, we've got to want to. And so we pray that God's blessing will be over you, over your home, over your business, over your family, in Jesus' name. Hey, don't forget as well, there's some great things that are coming up. Of course, uh, Faith, Hope and Love, I believe, is next Sunday night. And that's going to be a very, very special night. We'll be focusing in a lot on the problems that are there in Europe, the conflict in the Ukraine. And we've got some very special guests. It's going to be an unusual night, but I believe it'll be a powerful night. I get emails from pastors that are over there and you know their number one request is not for us to send finance, it's that we would be praying. So I'd love you to come. That's 5 till 6 p.m. with the kids club downstairs in the arena, of course, and then dinner afterwards if you'd like to stay. We'd love you to be a part of that. Uh, We won't be praying just about that. There'll be other things uh, for your life as well. And then, of course, don't forget Easter. It's just around the corner, can you believe it? Uh, and every year, Easter is such a wonderful celebration here at Metro. Uh, this year, what God put on my heart was that it be simple and sacred. And so Good Friday night is going to be 7 p.m. Note, note that different time, 7 till 8 p.m. on Good Friday evening, and then on Easter Sunday morning, our usual time of 9.30. I know that'll be great. I know that if you invite your friends, they'll be touched and they will be just Grateful to you for inviting them along, so thank you for that. But let's get straight to grow. It's my absolute joy. I've known this couple for so long that I think they were in kids' church when I first met them. Uh, But Pastors Michael and Linda Battersby, uh, so great to have you with us, Michael and Linda. You have been two of the most faithful people that I've known. I think if you look up faithful in the dictionary, it's got your picture. Uh, but more yeah. than that, is, I think we've had a lot of fun on our journey. Indeed, you know indeed. I mean? And I, I think the thing that I miss the most about you guys is all the conversation that we used to have about, well, about this topic, really, mm. about how do I walk with God better? How do I know when I'm right and when I'm wrong? How do I hear the Holy Spirit? Mm. And how do I see the power of God come to a generation? I think mm. that you guys were captured the same as I was by this sense that there's a lot more yeah. than just going to church, you know, doing the right things. But there's a dimension of God yeah. that God, I believe God wants us to know. Absolutely. And, and yet one that so many of us 
have no idea about. So let me look. I'm already into it. I, I, You're off, off and racing. <laughs> we'll keep up. We'll try. Uh, yeah. well, let me ask you the first question, Michael. Here, when did do you remember a point? Because you were raised in United Church or Methodist Church. Or uh, actually, raised in a Pentecostal church in Katanning, oh, but then okay. I was confirmed as a young teenager in the Uniting Church. Okay. And then I left school, found my way back to the Pentecostal church. So. Okay. Not that there, any one church has got a corner on the things of the Spirit either, but I know that probably a bit like you were, I was raised in a church where that dimension of the Holy Spirit was not even really acknowledged apart no. from the benediction. Yeah, right. So do you remember when, you know, something touched you or, you know, yeah. your eyes got open for that? Oh, absolutely. So uh, I was at university when I left uh, boarding school at a Uniting Church school. So we, we, we used to very formal chapels. And so we had plenty of doctrine, plenty of word, plenty of hymns. And as a Christian, I, I, I had faith for that. I knew that wow. God was my, was my saviour, but there wasn't that dynamic, as you say, of the Holy Spirit walking with him and yeah. feeling his power and influence through every part of my life. And so it wasn't until I uh, went to university and someone invited me to uh, a Pentecostal church, uh, and that was actually Forestville Bible Fellowship yeah, out, up there in the hills. Great church. And, uh, and who should happen to be on door roster handing out the, the brochures <laughs> that morning? Linda. <laughs> the lady to my left. And so that was uh, Pastor Fred Anderson and Richard. So was it really the Lord that drew you there or was it a blonde girl? Well, the Lord the drew, drew me there and my wife kept me there. Uh, my fiance kept me there. But uh, no, that was where we realised that, um, I, I realised that, you know, God wanted to actually be powerful in my life, not just for me to be saved, but me, for, for me to be effective and to really yeah. feel the power of God in every part of my life. I thought, who wouldn't want church like this? And so that was awesome, awesome start. Wow. Linda, you came out of a completely non-Christian background, really, uh, and so your first introduction to the things of God was what was new to Michael. Mm. You're just right in there from day one, you know, a church where the gifts of the Spirit were in evidence almost every service. So was it for you just like, well, this is just normal, this is what Christianity is? Hmm. Yes, but also um, I think... I remember we had healing services at the church I was going to the first time when I first got saved or first got to know God. And I didn't see a lot of people healed in those services. And I remember clearly sitting in the congregation, feeling for the people that didn't get healed, but also thinking, I don't want to be powerless. Yeah, well. I don't want to be powerless. This isn't what God wants for his people. No no criticism to anybody, Mm. but it actually just spurred me on to really seek God and seek the things of the Spirit, seek gifts of the Spirit. So it was that that seeing God not moving that really, Ooh, wow. yeah, it was that, that feeling of so like, So it was I really the need that you saw around about you going unmet that pushed you forward? Yeah. When you say seeking God, I'm always fascinated about this because, I, you know, the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians. He says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened that you may know what is mm. the hope of his calling mm. and 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 he says that there's got to come something where your eyes come open and you go i see now that there's more to it mm. like you had it coming in there and you were obviously watching these things happen so when you say it drove you to seek god what what did that look like i suppose ask god what he had for my future right. you know what did he want me to do and i think that praying when i say seek god praying reading the word, trying to understand who God was through those two things that we do every day, I think led me to go to Bible college. 
And from there, that's when I was exposed to different different people and different wow. different opportunities to get to see God and who He really is in a different way. Wow. So. But you've always also had, because you said you didn't grow up in a Christian, um, like a Christian home, good home, but not so Christian. So now Michael's interviewing I'm, 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 jump, I'm just jumping in there because I know you, you, hate, you hate religion. You hate, as you say, that there's a form of godliness but no power. So you've always hated when the Bible says this, but people go, oh, but we don't really do that here. We don't really believe that God will really do that. You, you could never understand that. You're like, no, God says it. That's it. I believe it. That's it. So to you, it was always about if God is powerful, we can have it. If, if God is no respect of persons, I can have it. You've always believed that for yourself. It wasn't because you felt a calling to the ministry. It's because you thought that's how God works. He, he, he lines up with his well, word. Well, let me ask that because was there, again, because some people think that this kind of a life of walking with God mm. in power or, you know, praying mm. for the sick or anything like that, well, that's for the people that are ordained. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you carry the title People up pastor. on the stage, yeah. But back then when this happened for you, Linda, your, did you think God has called me to be a pastor and I'm going to? No. Had absolutely no idea, well, but I didn't see the difference between the person on the stage and, and myself. The Bible's for everybody, Great. and the gifts are for everybody, so right. I didn't see the division. So, but you must have had some mm. days. Can I jump back in there with, I, I do a lot of interrupting on this. <laughs> it's your but, show. <laughs> no, no, it's not really. I, I just want to know because I remember succeeding at prayer and failing at prayer. I remember praying and feeling like my words went nowhere. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Where you, it took me a long while to understand the difference between my emotion mm. and my spirit. Mm. You know, like Hebrews says that uh, the word of God's alive and powerful, mm. even to the dividing of soul mm. and spirit. Yeah. Because so many of us are so used to living out of our emotion or our mind, and you're both quite. Uh, I was going to say intellectual, but that's probably the wrong term. You're both very intelligent. You're both thinkers. So how did you get past that that first gap of what's me and what's God? Mm. Mm. Good question. To be really honest, the scripture in Luke, I think it's Luke 11, that says if we ask for oh, bread, yeah. God won't give us a stone. My faith is very simple faith. So when I read that scripture, I decided that, God is God. If I ask for the gifts of the Spirit or whatever, like particularly prophetic, um, if I ask for that, then God wouldn't give me something else. So then it was just a matter of walking in that faith and right. believing that I've asked for it, that God's not going to give me something different. So you don't tease apart the theology of it no. and look for inconsistency and disparity between experience and they say, no, that's it. And if something's not working, then God's timings. Maybe I'm not. I'm not aligned with His timing. Or when, when, as Jeff said, when you uh, you pray something and it doesn't seem to happen or you don't feel like you're in God's flow with that, how do you reconcile that? Do you go, I'm going to keep pressing through because the Bible says keep asking, keep knocking, keep believing? Or do you go, okay, maybe I've missed it and go somewhere else? Like with a prophetic word? Or no, no, when you're asking God for something in prayer. I just keep on asking. Okay. You just keep And, if, and if, I, if it doesn't happen, then I believe that God will redirect me. Yeah. So... Yeah. I just keep on going till God says differently. <laughs> and it can be through a person, it can be through a word, it can be something right. in my heart. Usually you know. God gives in and goes, okay, Linda, you got, you got <laughs> So I there up. was a period of, and I want to make sure I get this right, there was a period of just daily seeking God, not in some, because I, I felt the burden of prayer at special times in my life, <laughs> where seriously where I felt like I could not not pray. Yeah. 
yeah. where I had to break. Mm-hmm. But you're not talking about that where it's like God falls on you and you're sobbing into the carpet or something. We're just talking about daily, every day, going, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to come to church. You're doing all the basic things mm-hmm. and then at some point mm-hmm. or other, I'm light goes on, a milestone happens. When was the, do you remember the first time you ever felt like God spoke to you? Probably at my first church. Yeah. After this, this, that meeting I mentioned that it, it really put a, a fire in me to just seek God. And probably a year after that, I started feel like, feel, to feel like God was speaking to me. Oh. I'd pray for somebody and that I didn't know on an altar call or something like that. And suddenly, uh, uh, words and thoughts would be coming into my head, and I'm think I'd be thinking as I'm praying, "What am I saying? Where's that coming from?" Wow. But it was just now I know that was God at the time. Yeah. And but I, as I did that more and more and more, I began to recognise that those thoughts and those impressions or those pictures were from God. Wow. You practiced so, it. You practiced. So yeah. the word, I mean, to be a disciple literally means disciplined one. I think Linda is one of the most disciplined people I know. She'll get up at five in the morning, not just exercise and work out, but actually to have a devotion and, and really um, seek God about certain things and have a list of people she wants to pray for, whereas I'm a lot more organic, muso, go here you feel. So actually, in some way, she's built that, that, those spiritual practices of, of just seeking God in the good times and the bad. And that, I think that discipline works for her. It doesn't work so much for me. It becomes a little bit dry and, and legal, like feel legalistic. So I tend to flow on inspiration a bit more. But God's faithful. He knows what uh, you mm. know, flicks your, your spiritual switch, your soul switch. So for me, and probably that's another session, but um, for me, in worship and on the piano, yeah, well. I just I feel like I can just connect with God very quickly and faith comes in that zone for me rather yeah. than sort of arduous sort of pushing through in prayer. So it's, it's, it's partly personality, partly your own, how you're wired to connect with God. The reality is, isn't it, that there is behind every doctrine, there mm. is a spiritual truth and power mm. and they're not always apparent the same way. So there is a doctrine of righteousness. Mm. which we would all teach and probably understand, you know, that we are declared righteous. But then there's an outworking of that doctrine in our life that produces Mm. uh, not just righteousness, the given state, but holiness, a right standard of living in our life. And it seems to me that much of the Christian life is about learning how to walk in that realm of those things without being too spooky about it, but... You know, how do I let it become, it says that the word became flesh. Mm. And for all of us, the word of God has got to become flesh. It's got, it's got to become yeah. a part yeah. of me and my life. Yeah. So we can all talk about relationship with God or, you know, in my day, they used to talk about things like having your quiet time. And, but it always mm. sounded like, I don't know. Like work? <laughs> well, work, work and boring, to be honest. <laughs> and a bit like what you were saying, Michael, I'd love you to talk to this. Because I am not a sit down in a chair and just be quiet. It doesn't work for me You're at a all. Bushwalker. Took me a long time <laughs> to figure out that God had made me the way I was, mm. and that I had to find the way I related to Him. Yeah. Not as a clone of the latest formula preached by somebody. Yes, absolutely. I think um, finding a uh, a methodology or a vehicle to connect with God is really important. But I think even beyond that, Jeff, I think it's a, it's a heart mentality about I believe no matter what time of the day it is, whatever I'm doing during the day, is I actually say every day 
I put off my ability to follow God out of my flesh, because mm. otherwise it's, it's just religion. Christianity becomes another religion, another set of rules, mm. Pentecostal rules, you know, declare in the spirit 15 minutes, you know, have this much problem. That's just another religion, which means to bind. I think it has to be God. I get rid of my ability to follow you. And I love that you talk a lot about that, about putting off and, and receiving, exchanging for God's ability. So God knows how to lead me by the spirit, but I've got to yield every day. So whatever it looks like for us, we have to yield our hand on the wheel and say, Holy Spirit, would you lead me today. So for me, I, I'm enjoying that process because I know we all, no matter what, how old we get, we all get challenged with new things. We don't grow beyond faith. We don't go, I've got enough faith to yeah, last right. my life. I'm tested. Like today, I had to do a whole lot of things I didn't want to do <laughs> at school. I said, I said, Lord, I felt, I actually felt a lot of anxiety. I said, God, you have to help me here. I feel like the same no, on your bike, Billy. And I didn't. I said, I'm gonna, I did the right thing. But I said, the Holy Spirit, you, you give me the capacity to do this. You've, you, you're, you're, resource, you're so resourceful. You're, you're limitless. So I actually received that anointing of God to better do my work today. And I, and I really thrived. I was able to, every class, pray with kids. I had kids giving words of knowledge for other kids. It's like, hey, where'd that come from? And God says, wow. uh, it came from me because you asked me to. So, yeah, moments every day. Wow. Mm. That's phenomenal. Uh, whichever, you know, there's all different kinds of personalities and variations within those in the, on the planet. <laughs> and I really want people to understand that you don't have to become someone else. No, please God don't. isn't interested in walking with a poor imitation of whoever your favourite preacher is. Mm. He wants to walk with you. And I think the other key thing is the whole aspect of growth because none of us got to where we are and none of us have arrived. But there's been, you look back and you go, I can look back and see almost like milestones mm, of what growth. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. Where you look back and go, mm. it, it wasn't an overnight, it wasn't a miraculous appearance of, of Jesus or an angel or something rather. It was an everyday process and, and stumbling sometimes and then getting back up again. As you were saying before, Linda, about what you do when it doesn't work, mm. what, because you know people, I know people that that's become their stopping point mm. rather than their their stumbling block becomes mm. a stopping point instead of the stepping stone. Yeah, correct. And yeah. so instead of going on and going, okay, God's not wrong, therefore I need to adjust and, and pursue him. That's where hunger comes in. I think you, you wanted to talk a little bit about hunger. I think the hunger, if we, if we hunger for God, we will be filled. I think the danger thing is, is when, when do we stop getting hungry? And I think the enticement and busyness of, of life comes in and inoculates us against wanting to be, stay hungry for God. And so probably one thing I'd say we've done is to stay hungry. And one of the things that helped us stay hungry was obviously going to Bible college. We both did that just to, to understand God's word. If this book really is the word of God, then we should understand it the best we can. So that was a very important thing for us to, to not just stimulate our mind, but to really say, God, I, I want to know you more. So we did that. But then also the power nights we'd have it in the early mm. days of COC, where we'd learn how to actually pray and declare in the spirit. To me, that was so exciting because it meant that it wasn't just, okay, we'll see how I go today and, and maybe God will help me. It's like, no, I get to partner. We get to partner with God with our own lips to declare God's will for our life and for those in our family. So that was so exciting. It's a so, different mentality, isn't it, though? The one that says, I'm a co-worker, as Paul writes in First Corinthians. Exactly. We as co-workers together with him beseech you. And it's the difference between the mentality that I grew up with anyway, which was, you know, I've become a Christian, I'll probably be a lousy one, <laughs> but, you know, so long as I can stay just yeah, saved enough so that when I die, I yeah. go, yeah. you know, and in the meantime, it's all struggle street and I hope you get there. 
that's a bit simplistic, but that was genuinely the that's way a lot I of felt about it. Yeah. Or I think it's also about partnership as well. Mm. A lot of Christians I meet think it's all up to God and they just don't have any part to play. Wow. But we partner with God, don't yeah. we? You know, God has the things that he does, mm. but we have, we have things that we have to offer as mm. well. Like our faith, for example, mm. we've God can't. God needs our faith to do things. Mm. So there's a partnership as well involved. Mm. And I think that's what I learned um, mm. through the power nights and through being in this church, really. Wow. Um, just that partnering with God. Absolutely, there's yeah, God's jobs that only He can do, and there's our jobs only we only we can do. Like we can um, we can pray, but only we can receive. God mm. can't make us. He can give, but we have to actually. Receive, you know, for as many as received him. I think a lot of people, they don't, they're not very good receivers. Mm. They're like, I'll try God, I'll try. God's just saying, do you know how to just receive? I remember sometimes on altar calls, we're praying for people and they're like, and we go, just relax, can you just relax and just receive? And so some of those principles of that partnership, I think learning, there are very important things we only we can do, but then there's things that God says, you know, I am sovereign and I'll, I'll make that happen for you. And so knowing, that partnership. knowing which is which as well. That's right, learning that. Everyone. To well, that. I think uh, we'd be honest to say, because the scripture makes it fairly plain, that some people are given special gifts. And, yeah, sure. and we yeah. honour those and we're grateful for those. But there are some things that aren't special gifts. They're the province of every believer. Mm. You know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Mm. Yeah. And I call them by name. Uh, <laughs> these signs shall follow them that believe. It didn't say them that are ordained. Yep. And I think one of the greatest errors in the church of, you know, in history has been that we've created a clergy that are gifted mm. and a congregation that aren't. And I would say mm. God wants for every believer. Yeah. You know, Isaiah 40, 31, which you yeah. quoted part of earlier on there, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They run not be weary. They walk and not faint. Yeah. But it says they that wait upon the Lord. It doesn't refer to any particular class no. or any particular group. It's for all of us. Yeah, and it's a huge thing. my greatest desire is that people will go, I want to have that. And I really don't want to settle for some kind of a second best or a... Mm lesser version of what God mm. has for me. Absolutely. You know, I, I think the, you know, the thing that's uh, become a bit of an acronym for the last decade, you know, FOMO, the fear mm. of missing out. Mm. I think a great Christian is someone who's got FOMO. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. The Should fear be. of missing out. The hunger, yeah. You go, what if? Can yeah. I come back to that? Because you just talked about being busy. And I, again, I often wonder when I'm getting ready to preach or preparing a message, I think about people in this church that lead very busy mm. lives. We've got a lot of mm. people here with very uh, important careers and jobs, and you guys are incredibly busy. You're the music master. Is that the proper term? Uh, worship director and special projects, yeah. Okay, yeah. And Linda's just running in charge of running uh, everything. Uh, pretty well everything at, at the school. Uh, at a pretty significant Christian school. And that's outside of all the other stuff that you do and what you do in the life of this church as well. So you're incredibly busy. So let me, because again, I imagine someone who's a part of this grow session going, look, that's really great and I really must get around to it. Mm. How do they start? Mm. How do you get started? Yep. Uh, well, this is another message you've talked about, the fact that you get a um, $50 bill. A $50 bill has no sort of value in itself. It's like you could be a, a bus driver, a school teacher, you know, a, a banker, a mechanic, whatever, 
there is no spirituality in that thing. It is just, it's just what it is. But in the hands of a believer, it becomes a working of the kingdom. So I think if every person realizes they are they're doing something that God has called them to do, that that is as spiritual an act as mm -hmm. they can ever be. So most, uh, the most anointed we ever are is when we're actually honoring God in whatever we're doing right now. We don't put on the anointing for, oh, I've got to pray for someone now, oh, better hear from God. <laughs> God is in your carpentry. God is in your singing. But God is in your accounting. You grew up in the time where people would put on King James voices. Yeah. Oh, yay, verily, yay, they, they. Yeah, it's like, it's because it's humans, we don't feel adequate. We've got to put, we've got to help God out a little bit. I think God's going, no, no, I made you to be a, a, you know, a funny guy or a, a wonderful nurse. Let me use you in that in that space. There isn't a spiritual and a non-spiritual. If you are, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are spiritual. Everything you do is spiritual. And this probably there's another whole doctrinal thing here, but I think there's a, a, a way we connect with God in prayer, which maybe there's a there's a sense of um, you know we just really switch into a particular focus, but. It's, it's only because we need it like that. God doesn't go, oh, good. Oh, are they praying? Oh, I really felt that. You know, God's going, I felt that. God takes pleasure in me when I'm doing what I'm called to do. Yeah, great. It's driving a bus, loving my wife, getting my kids ready for school. That is as spiritual as you need to be because you have Jesus inside you. That's it. Simple, simple. Let me ask you a question, though, Linda, because, again, I think a lot of people feel like the basis of their confidence is perfection, yeah, as in... Hmm getting it right all the time, mm -hmm. never making a mistake. Uh, and I think, boy, you know, best of luck with that because mm. most of us can't go a day uh, without stumbling in either word or deed. Mm. Maybe not in massive ways, but just in small things. And, you know, the mm. devil is such an expert condemner, mm. you know, that the moment you come with faith, <laughs> he just immediately comes and reminds you of that thing you said <laughs> and you shouldn't have said and whatever. And immediately all the confidence just goes. Yeah. How do you help yeah. somebody get that's past that? Good, that's good, a good question. question. First thing is, especially with um, the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to make a mistake because unless you're God, hmm. especially prophetic, you're, you're not perfect, so you're going to get it wrong. So I think that's the starting point. Hmm. You're going to get it wrong. And I, and I remember you spoke on once um, that it, where fa where f there can't, there's no faith where there's fear or f there's oh. no... And I, I think that's important as well. You just got to trust God and, and not be fearful. But the main thing I'd say, which helps me, which helps me, which I think would help everybody else, is who am I doing it for? Yeah, when I point. come to pray for somebody, I want to I want to help them. Mm. I want them to to experience God. Mm. So if I take myself out of the equation and completely center on the person and God, how I can help them or God touch them then I don't really care so much. It's not important. I'm not really important in the, in the equation. It's, it's seeing the person connect with God in whatever way that is. So, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm focusing on God and the person. Well, if you're dead, you can't lose your reputation. Also, if, if there's no fear of failure because that's the bottom line of it. We have a lot of people obviously you know, selling books and doing big things. It's like there's this image and I'm thinking, okay, it's... It's wonderful, but at the end of the day, if that person writing that book is not dead, then they're going to be susceptible to either A, taking all the credit for something, where it should be, the glory should go to God, or B, feeling condemned when there is a mistake or they, they, they're not perfect, they get criticised. So I think that daily dying and going, I'm already dead, Jesus, whatever happens today, you help me with it, you get the glory, it's, it's a simple deal. We've, we've, we've 
made everything way too intense. Like if I make a mistake, the pastor will, you know, if I don't look good or do the right thing or pray the right word, I'll go get asked to be part of the team again. There's all this fear. As I say, you can't operate in faith with this fear. And God needs us to trust him and to actually just step out on that water. And uh, Peter actually did make a bit of a mistake. He sort of, um, you know, he, he waved a bit and looked at what was going around him. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And But, you know, Jesus loved, loved Peter. I think that, that's probably the, the authenticity of... <laughs> a person's walk with God. You know, that I love that verse in 1 John where it says, Beloved, if our heart doesn't condemn us, then we have confidence towards God. Mm. And then it says, But if our heart condemns us, God's greater than yeah. our heart. And you go... <laughs> that's awesome. That's like, it's an amazing verse because it's virtually saying, look, it's great when you feel confident, but if you don't, that's okay because God's bigger than you yeah. anyway. Yeah. So good. And you've... You've got to walk with a great measure of humility. I know that in your, you allude to that in uh, the thesis, which we'll come to in another session, where you talked about the taking the credit as though, aren't I amazing? Mm. Look at me, look at me. Yeah. And that trap in the performance space as, yeah. a, as a musician, as a professional musician. But I would say in exactly the same way, I know as a young Christian, you know, you'd look around and and think, well, am I going to get the same effect or the same result as that other person? And then after a while you go, that's just nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, don't, we, do it for? we don't live for that. No. And we don't live for, you know, it's not the, the beautiful oratory of your <laughs> prayers that God listens to. No. It's as Linda said before, you said, the just shall live by faith. And yeah. it's faith that God moves upon him. And that's why I often say here when it comes to prayer, however works best for you to pray, please do it that, mm. that way. Mm. I'm a out loud, a declarer, walk around, that's my, my way, and it works in my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, it has done, but I have great admiration for people who would sit in the corner in a chair and I've heard all kinds of different ways that yeah. God... But the thing that's common, and I want to come back to this because you know the story of... Elijah finds Elisha, mm. who's about to take over from him, mm. and he casts his garment on him and then walks off. Mm. And Elisha gets up and says, look, just let me first go and, you know, say goodbye to mum and dad or whatever. And he goes, well, what's, what have I got to do with that? And mm. then he, he kills the oxen, makes an altar out of the, out of the yoke and the plough, and then offers them up as a sacrifice. Mm. <laughs> and, like, the guy is going, you know what? This is it. I'm not yep. going back. Yep. I'm going on. And then he follows him. I've read, uh, you know, theologians say anywhere between five and 13 years wow. of doing nothing. Mm. No applause, no celebration, no, aren't you amazingly gifted? Just that. Yeah. And yet the hunger that kept him going on. Yeah. And then in the final yeah. space, which is why I think hunger right till the end matters, yep. because when he gets in, uh, in Second Kings chapter 2, and uh, Elijah says, I'm going to be taken away today. What do you want? He says, I want a double portion of the mm, Spirit that's on yeah. you. He says, well, if you see me, you get it. And then keeps on saying, why don't you stay here? Why don't you stay here? <laughs> and it's hunger that takes him on to when Elijah goes up in the fiery chariots, he goes, tears his own garment in half again. It's almost like... Oh. You know, here it goes again. Yeah. He, he got rid of the old thing there. Now he's getting rid of that old thing. <laughs> now he's saying, you know what? I'm coming into something brand new again. And I love the fact that this man, who's a grown man and a businessman, has still got a hunger that drives him on. Yeah. So yeah. we, we kind of need to wrap this up because I do want to get you both to pray for people who 
maybe have no sense of that inner wonder mm. and mm. that inner hunger. Mm. But let me just ask you both again to just address that thing of how do you keep hunger going? You've had, I'm sure, in life, offences, disappointments, uh, misunderstandings, all kinds of... Mm. You've had as many... You mm. cannot have been a Christian for 10 years, in my opinion, yeah. without having had a bunch of reasons of to stop. Absolutely, yeah. So you never did. You kept on going, and here I see you today just as hungry for the things of God as you ever were. Mm. Yeah. So what can you... Yeah. Crystallise that first both? Yeah, Linda will do that beautifully right now. No, you can go first. <laughs> I, I'm not sure my answer is. I think, I think for me it's, it goes back to seeing the need, the seeing the need that's out there. And I think that, that drives me as much as anything in a positive way. Mm. Um, I just I want to help. I want to I connect with God. And personally I want to know God more as well. I, mm. I want to mm. understand God. There's so many questions. Every, when, every day when I pray, I have more questions yeah, than right. I had the day before. So <laughs> I think those two things, understanding God and, and loving God and knowing him more, but also just wanting to be, you know, God to use me. And that means kind of keeping pride out there too, doesn't it? Because the opposite of what you're saying is going, you know what, I've made it, mm. I've arrived, look what I've achieved, and, you know, I, I, hey, I've, I've got the whole lot. And what you're saying Behind that is going, you know what, I haven't arrived yet. Well, I think, I think you've always got to have a growth mindset and a growth mindset in any part of your life says you will fail. You, you won't, you'll have to, you'll do things, but mm. then you'll p pick yourself mm. up and be willing, open and willing to new experiences and, and in this case, in a spiritual sense, yeah. pressing into God, doing what he says and if it, it's not right and it looks foolish, mm. it doesn't matter because I'm, I'm doing it for God. Yeah, I'm great. doing it for God and I'm doing it for people. So I think that is my thing. Your thing? Yeah. Yeah. My, mine doesn't sound as juicy as that, but uh, it does it's help so me. <laughs> is the fact that um, when there's words spoken, this is what we'll probably get to in one of the next series, is the power of a prophetic word and a word oh. that really resonates. And I know people, there's probably not many Christians that would have had, wouldn't have had a prayer or someone speak something about, into their life about there's something that God's put on your life that only you can do that heaven is waiting for the earth to see manifest. And so I always feel like I, I go back to those prophetic words we had in the early days and many in some of the first days in, in this church um, by Jeff and, and uh, Pastor Chris and, and different people. And you go, yeah, I haven't, I haven't fulfilled that which I feel God's put on my life. So whatever I'm doing now, I, where I, feel, I might feel a bit numb or a bit you know, ticked off to use um, a vernacular. But it's basically, uh, God, what, where else do I go? Where else do I go to fulfill what I know? Is, is the true true essence of who I am and that word that was spoken over my life. So keep going. Don't you feel, though, too, oh, this is probably my most common emotion, I think, is I feel grateful to God. Mm. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Whenever God does anything through my life, I feel like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I still, still feel that. Yeah. Still Definitely, using me, Lord. Thank 100%. You. <laughs> I, will, yeah. I completely resonate with that because mm, I know I'm not perfect. Exactly. I, I, the yeah. more I go on, the less perfect I know I am. So I mm. so appreciate God that despite my failings, He still uses me. Grace is an incredible thing. Yes, isn't it, it is. It's How wonderful. about we get you to pray and then I'm going to talk to people for a few minutes about because I imagine there'll be somebody who's a part of this. Someone recommended it to them, or they've stumbled mm. on it, and they don't know even how to start with Jesus. How yeah. 
how yeah. to become a Christian. So we'll talk about that. But I'd love to get you both, if you would, to pray for people. Again, there's something that's got to be a work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. If this was just about our intellect and our quizzical natures, then that would make God nothing more than a great mind, and he's Mm. not. Mm. Jesus said God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And so there's something that God needs to do in our life to energise us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That doesn't come from any human, I think. So. No, absolutely. If you would, both of you, yeah. After you, Dom. Okay. okay. Thank you. <coughs> Lord, I just thank you for um, everyone that's listening to this recording, Lord. And I just, I just pray for just, that you would just put a hunger in their hearts, mm. Lord. I would pray you'd just put something deep inside them mm. that it just causes mm. them to want to run after you just something that will keep them running and running and running, yeah. just to know you more, to, mm-hmm. to want to understand you more, mm-hmm. to want to see you more, and to just want to, as Michael said, fulfil that destiny. Let, reveal that to them, Lord, Amen. what you have for them. Mm-hmm. Let, them. let them see that. Let them know that. Let them understand that. Mm-hmm. Lord, I know you are a good God, and I know that you only <clears throat> want to do us good, Lord. So I know that if they do that, that you will meet them, that you will not disappoint mm. them, that yes, you will Lord. give them what they're asking for. I yeah. thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord. I'd just add to that, Lord, that you would put courage, Lord, great courage inside every person that's felt like, if I go again, I fail again, would, uh, would God pick me up and, and partner with me? But, Lord, you are the God of the second chance, the yeah. third chance. You are such a faithful Father who seeks and, and, and almost like you set ambushments to chase us down, to keep showing us that you believe in us and you love us. And so, Father, for those that have been discouraged, Father, I pray for a supernatural injection of, of courage, mm-hmm. that measure of faith that you've given them to believe you. Lord, you've already given them the capacity to believe you and to absolutely pray prayers of great faith and, and to see miracles happen in their world mm-hmm. and in their lives. So, Father, I thank you right now. They would receive again that, that capacity to believe and that uh, response to, to trust you and to start this, even this week, Lord, start to, to find a space where they can connect with you in a real mm. way. And God, I thank you for answers to prayer that they've never experienced Man. before because God, they've trusted you yeah. in a way they've never done before. Thank you for that courage in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you both for that. I mean, let me just recap it because I think what you've both spoken about and we've talked around is the daily discipline, the daily mm. seeking God. Some days you feel it, some days you don't, yep. but every day go, Today I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna do my best to find yeah. and allow the Holy Spirit to touch me. Mm. And secondly, is that uh, continuation of spiritual hunger, mm. not just settling, but saying, you know what, there's always more. Yeah, I think uh, that's been <laughs> a big part of it. But yeah. yeah, you know, I think you both talked about trust, and I, I couldn't help but think while you were praying there, Michael, that it's almost one of the biggest problems in our world mm. right now is cynicism. Yeah, who do we trust? Where people are going, I don't trust anybody. Hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the great casualties of the last couple of years. Hmm. There's been trust has been laid aside. We don't trust uh, specialists or anybody (laughs) or governments or we're just not getting into that. But there's there's a great amount of that. And I always think my simple answer to walk with God is this, say, God, I trust you. Mm. Salvation is not something I have to create mm. nor something I have to, you know, hold to myself. It's not 
you know, when my children were very, very little and you wanted to walk with them over the road, hmm. you know, they'll hold up their little tiny hand and grab a hold of your finger, but that wouldn't be sufficient to protect them if something was to come their way. So I would put my big fingers around their <laughs> wrist. Uh, you know, I remember once one of my children fell into the, uh, we were crabbing down at uh, Mandurah and she fell off the jetty hmm. wow. and went right underwater and I just reached down into the water, grabbed her and one thing just yanked her out of the water back up onto oh, the jetty. Gee. And I think <laughs> that's what God wants to be yeah. for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He wants to be the hand that's there right where you yeah. are, where you need it. Yeah. And I think that to put your trust in God, because so many people think, well, I've got, to, I've got to try and believe. And I go, no, don't even start there. <laughs> start saying, God, I trust you. Yeah. Mm. I'll trust you with my life. Yeah. I'll trust you with my future. I'll trust you with my spiritual life that you will do what only you can do. I can't manufacture a sense of God. No. All I can do is say, God, I trust you. And so if that's you coming up on the screen for you right now is a phone number if you're in Australia that you can text YES, yes, you can text that through 488 If you're outside of Australia or you'd like to get our help via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Of course, if you're on our metrochurch.online platform, then the Yes tab is already coming up there for you. But what we'd love to do for you is to send you every day just to that anonymous number you've sent through to us. We're not asking you for details about your life. We're going to do a couple of things. One is we will pray for you when we get your yes. Secondly is the next day we will send you a Bible verse and a prayer. It all fits on one screen of the smartphone, and it's yours for free for 30 days. Matter of fact, it's all for free. You can sign up for 10-day ones after that on special Bible topics that I know will help you and encourage you, and they're all free. I will never write and ask you for money or do anything like that. We want to be a part of your growth with Christ. So let me just pray for you, would you? Heavenly Father, thank you for these people that have been looking for you. They didn't know, Lord, that you were looking for them. You were reaching out for them and you've put little stop signs in their way and people across their path and conversations and there's been thoughts where they've wondered about you and now they get to this point. God, they don't want to go around again wondering again. They want to settle it right now. They want to say yes to you. So, Lord Jesus, I pray that as they give you their yes, you'll start them on that great journey where they go, I know that God is real. I know that he's in my life. I know he's called me for something special. There's a reason why I'm here on the planet. Father, I pray for those who right now feel so hopeless and so helpless, or even those who right now listening to this feel like life's not worth living, Despair has filled their mind and their heart. And yet, God, right now in Jesus' name, you break through that heaviness and you start to bring a, a light that dispels the darkness and lets them understand that you love them, that you're there for them, that you want them to walk with you. I thank you for their yes in Jesus' name. Amen. So 488 or yes.metrochurch.org.au. Hey, look, it's been great being with you. Now, this is only going to be session one. We're going to come back for session two and probably session three with Michael and Linda because I think this is such a huge topic that I think resonates the very deepest parts 
of most believers' lives. I've yet to meet a believer that didn't want what we're talking about. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. But many people have gone, oh, I just don't know how to start. And so yeah. tonight, thank you yeah. for giving everyone the start. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next yeah. one. Part two. Well done. Thank <laughs> you. God bless you. Thanks for being with us.